What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Spending some time reconnecting with nature this summer? Here's a camping hack from L.L. Bean to make your next trip the best yet. When putting together your gear, wrap a piece of duct tape around your water bottle. It's barely noticeable, but if another piece of gear breaks or tears, pull off your tape to make a quick patch or repair. For more camping hacks, visit youtube.com slash L.L. Bean. L.L. Bean. Be an outsider. Hey everybody and welcome to In the Clinch MMA podcast on the Fight Game Media Network. We're back on our normal night. Me, Paul Fontaine, what was that? Alongside Ryan J. Frederick. And uh, Ryan, we're coming off a big UFC pay-per-view. You know what? This card, and we'll get into it in a little while, but... I uh, this is like maybe the first card outside of that like awesome match like this this was the first one that for me kind of felt like a chore to get through. I don't know about you. It was maybe it was just because I watched it late. Yeah, but I, I gave you because you you didn't watch it live, but I, I I sent you that message about like this is a long show and I mean it was almost yeah. two two a.m. in Jacksonville by the time it ended, but it was it was it was good. There was just it was it was very long. Yeah. Yeah, there's yeah. nights like this, and but uh, yeah, yeah, just uh, main card was the, great. the main card. The main card was real good. I, I think it was the prelims that kind of got me, and I didn't see your message until after because I was I was trying to avoid spoilers. Yeah, yeah, I did. I managed to avoid spoilers. So, um, but yeah, it was. Uh, but I mean, you know what? I mean, even a you know a, an an average UFC is still is still a good night, and uh, um, yeah, and and you know what else is? I've been watching. You want to talk about long? I've been watching a lot of base baseball uh my jays are back and uh i'm uh I, I watch every single pitch of every game so i had to pause the game i was watching to, to record this so no spoilers but you know, jays were up two nothing in the sixth inning uh, when i paused it so they had a, they had uh, a looking fun, pretty good for them this year they had a fun weekend against my local rangers 
they did that first game oh my god it was like 7-1 i think for the for the rangers and they came back to win and then the the rangers came back yesterday it was 6-1 jays and they came back to win 12-6 yeah uh yeah it, it was a wild weekend um, but we're here to talk about uh, UFC, and as as always, we're going to start off with our we got to talk about segment. And we had a few things, and and we'll get into all of them. But I think the big one we got to talk about is what everybody was talking about this weekend is uh, Kamzat Chemaev. And uh, you know what? Like leading up to this show, I you know he was kind of overshadowing the main events, and uh, and then he goes out and uh, and delivers. And I mean, they got some big plans for him, don't they? Uh, yeah, and uh, I, you know, I was, I, I was fully aboard the hype train after the Li Jingliang fight. I still, but I also still, if you remember, said that I didn't like this matchup, and mm-hmm. but they went ahead and made it, and you can't, you can't go backwards now. I mean, they probably should go backwards a little bit, a little bit because that's not saying. I mean, Chamayev had a great fight, but uh, there's a lot of questions about him because uh, about it coming out of coming out of it. You know, his conditioning, his you know, uh, Burns put in a hell of a perform performance. You know, so uh, I mean, but Burns blasted him a few times, and he ate those punches punches well but and that probably drained a lot of his conditioning but but he answered a lot of questions and then a lot more questions are coming coming and i mean i don't you know they want to book him against colby covington next i don't know that that's a great idea right now but uh that's probably where it's headed and then after that a title shot if he wins that and i it's too like I said. It's too late to slow him down, but he had a hell of a showing, and that was a great fight. I, it was my personal favorite fight of the year so far. Yeah, I um, I, I agree. Like I, uh, from I was thinking about the Covington fight as I was watching this fight, and you know, thinking like, how would this go if it was Covington in there? And I just like I I see Covington just almost taking him down at will. Um, and then, you know, just smothering him. And I don't know that, you know, like it would be, he'd be like a kind of a lesser version of Kamara Usman at this point. But what we got to remember that he's like, he's only just had his 11th pro fight. So, you know, like put on the brakes just a little bit and, and, you know, put him up against, you know, maybe another guy like a Steven Thompson or something and, um, you know, and see how he does there. But I, I think you're right. I think they're just going to go right for the big fight. Uh, because honestly, you could almost headline a pay-per-view with that fight. Um, you could definitely put that on network TV and it would do a pretty big number, I think, uh, which is what I think they're probably going to do, but, um, or have it as be co-main event of, a of a big show, you know, like maybe underneath the Newsman title defense. Um, you know, I, I, this is the guy everybody's talking about and you got to strike when the iron's hot because you never know when he's going to lose. And I mean, you could put him against a fight that he's supposed to win easily and then he loses. And then all of a sudden, you know, you're right back to square one with him. And, you know, we got another Johnny Walker situation. Yeah. Um, which, you know, I don't, you know, but I think this guy's going to be better than that. Yeah. Um, yeah. For you sure. know, I, yeah. Yeah. I mean, just beat the number two guy in the world. Like be- that's, I mean, he beat the number two guy in the world, but like I said, Burns was coming in. I mean, his last three wins were against Damian Maya, Tyron Woodley, and Stephen Thompson. Which, yeah, I mean, those are guys who are in the twilights of her, of his career. So, so there's still a lot of questions. There was a lot of questions about Burns coming coming in too. You know, can he actually 
when he's you know he's fighting an opponent in his prime as a, as opposed to guys past their prime prime and the last time he fought a guy in his prime was Usman and it didn't come out well for him and uh, I mean it was a good fight uh, on the Covington thing I don't think Covington will be able to take Chimaev down I mean Burns didn't he was over five oh, yeah. take okay. takedowns but uh, the thing about Covington is is his pressure is relentless he doesn't hit as hard as Burns and some of those a lot of those shots that Chimaev ended or took took you know that would have ended a lot of guys nights i mean excuse me those uh those drain your cardio pretty big you know just taking mm-hmm. shot after shot i don't know that you know covington does not have the power that burns does but his relentless pressure is another thing it, it makes an interesting fight i mean with the benefit of the hindsight with the benefit of hindsight they should have done the neil magny fight for chamayev and then if he got past mm-hmm. that maybe do burns and then covington then a title fight but like i said it's probably too late too late to go backwards you know because going backwards to the neil magny fight would probably be perfect right about now but it's they're full steam ahead full steam ahead i mean we've seen We've seen guys he, they jump on the train so early and it doesn't work out, you know, Sage Northcutt, Paige Van Zandt, people like that. But uh, I mean, you know, I don't know. Well, it's none of them ever beat ever beat somebody like Burns. Yeah, yeah nobody ever beat somebody like a Burns. Burns, but uh, yeah, I, I mean, it's 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 hard to go backwards now. But but yeah, yeah. but I mean he. I mean, it was a great showing, and it was a great, fu- great fight. Uh, he didn't lose any. He didn't lose anything. He gained everything in the world. So it's just we just yeah. got to see what you know what happens from me from here. You know, he's but he he definitely showed he belongs in that top five of that division. And Burns didn't lose anything either. Um, really, like I, you know, I think he lost to a guy that people are looking at as like the next big thing, and you know, he gained a lot of fans. They were booing him at the start, and they were cheering him at the end. Um, so I, uh, yeah, I just, uh, I think, um, you know, they, they, they kind of, you know, Burns is. I think he increased his um, star power a little bit here. I maybe I'm wrong, but it's, it's how it feels to me. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think he did as well. Did as well because I mean, even coming in, he, you know, he'd been in the fight with Usman. He's been in some high profile fights, but he's still kind of not a star. But this was definitely, yeah. definitely like you know, this was this was the main event of the show. We'll put uh, it was the yeah, it was the fight everybody was seeing. He got the biggest crowd reactions. It was the fight everybody was paying attention to beforehand. And he uh, Burns is definitely, definitely if he, if he was like a C-level star coming in this fight, he's probably, you know, he's definitely a B-level star now for sure. Yeah. I, yeah, it kind of, it reminds me a little bit of, um, the back, you know, I remember that September pay-per-view, I think it was 2014 when Conor McGregor was underneath a Demetrius Johnson fight. Like that's kind of what this felt like a little bit, but, um, you know, same same kind of deal, and they they had like they had that one show where it was like four kind of all main events uh, on the main card, and of course they headlined with the title fight, which was probably the least most look forward to fight on, on the main card. Yeah, I, I um, remember that. So yeah, I remember that vividly because I was yeah I was there, and it was it was the Connor show. But it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. But and, it, and it's I mean because you had Cerrone and yeah yeah Boye, yeah I mean you had Nunez, yeah. you had Nunez before before she was a champion against Zingano, then then you yeah then you had a uh, Tim yep. Kennedy and Yoel Romero then you had Connor and Poirier the right. first fight then you had Cerrone against Eddie Alvarez and Alvarez's debut and then even on the prelims you had guys like Masvidal 
Bobby Green, Bobby Green. Was that was that Kevin Kennedy uh, Romero? Was that the fight where, um, like they had like some shenanigans going on yeah. between rounds? Some Romero. Okay, yeah, that one shenanigans yeah. where he was getting yeah. like, like dry, like towed off after they were supposed to start fighting yeah. again, and he got extra time time <laughs> yeah. to recover, recover. You know, yeah, yeah. because he was almost yeah. finished at the at the end of the second round. And you're yeah. supposed to get one minute, and you get right back to fighting. But for some reason, he got like he got a minute nearly, thirty. Yeah, he got nearly two minutes, and and then all, and then he finished yeah. Tim Kennedy early in the third, and and yeah, did, yeah okay, and then had that. had had a Yoel Romero crazy post fight speech, but but yeah, yeah, that was that, and this is now. So yeah, so we we got and for those that don't know, so for me personally, okay, I think the the uh, Matt Brown Brian Barbarino fight was was better than this fight. But I do think that when it comes to the end of the year and you're voting on fight of the year, I think this one is going to get a lot of votes probably because people are going to maybe either they either didn't see the Brown Barbarina fight or they're just not going to remember it. And this one was high profile, you know, on on a pay-per-view. And again, you know, especially if Chimaev goes on to, you know, fight Covington later in the year and beat him, you know, they're going to look back on this fight. So, you know, I, I, I do think that, you know, if you're, for the type of fights that you vote on for fight of the year, this is probably there. But I, I think personally, I would still vote for Brown Barbarino. Yeah, um, the, yeah. but but again, I mean, it was they're top, they're top two. I'd vote for this one. Stakes were higher, you know, higher, yes, prof, higher profile. Absolutely. They they actually both landed landed more strikes than either Brown or Barbarina did in their fights. Really, there was actually more. Wow, I didn't, actually, I didn't was, even realize that. Yeah, there's actually more action when it comes to trading. Uh, I mean, I think. I think Chamayev might have been like two strikes below, below Barbarina. I think or okay. Brown or one of them. But but yeah, it just felt like there was a little like there's a few like kind of down spots in this one, and I don't really remember there being any in the Brown Barbarina fight. But yeah, most, I may also just it's mostly it wrong. mostly in the first, but the second and third of this fight was just absolutely incredible. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. And the third round of Brown Barbarino was insane. Yeah. Um, th- this one was more like sustained for like the last 10 minutes. Yeah, absolutely. E- either um, either if they one. They had gone <laughs> another 10 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. Either. I mean, yeah, you're not you're not going wrong with either one of these for sure. And and I do think that way more people saw this fight. So it, it's going to get it's going to get those votes. Um, so, and again, we're, uh, you know, I mean, you said it, it, it was the main event for most people watching, but we did follow up with, uh, two title fights and the, uh, the first one was a bantamweight title fight. And I think like most people, um, were predicting Peter Yan to, to win the title because he was beating Aljamain Sterling in their last fight before he got DQ'd. And I mean, Aljamain Sterling, uh, it, it's weird because he he clearly won the second and third rounds. Jan clearly won the fourth and the fifth rounds. Round one was close. I scored this fight a draw. I, I had uh, I gave Sterling a ten eight in the second. You could have also given Sterling a ten eight in the third, and then he would have won forty seven forty six if you gave Jan the first, which I did, and I think most people did. Um, and so for me, like it, it was weird because they, it was a split decision, uh, for, you know, Sterling won 48, 47 on two cards. Jan got 48, 47 on the other one. How did you score it? I had a, a draw. I, uh, 
I had the, okay. I had it forty seven forty seven. I had Jan winning winning the first round and Sterling getting the second and ten eight. However, I will say that I know that round one was the debated round. I did go back and rewatch it, and on a second viewing, viewing I think very clearly on a second viewing, Sterling won that won that won that round. Uh, you know, uh, watching it live. I mean, Jan, Sterling was doing more watching it live. Jan wasn't doing a whole lot, but Jan landed some hard shot, hard shots when you're, you know, when you're watching it, watching it. But you know, I'm right, and I'm trying to score the fights. Everything there's a lot going going yeah. on. You're pay, you're paying attention. Like I, I watched it again with, with like no distractions, just in just the first round, and and Sterling Sterling won that round. He was. He, a lot of stuff that I thought he missed when watching it live, he actually landed, and there was a lot of body kicks. Okay. And Jan's Jan landed some power shots, but he didn't land as many as it felt like watching it, watching mm-hmm. it. And then about a, but yeah, but honestly, the the fact that no judge gave that second round a ten eight, that's insane because there's no way that a ten nine. If you thought Jan won the first round ten nine. There's no way that a ten yeah. nine first for Jan and a ten nine Sterling in the second are should be the exact same score yeah. because because if anything Jan barely like like by like an inch or less won the first round where where second round Sterling was a mile ahead and this is this is the problem with the ten point yeah. must and a lot of it. Is judging now because we saw in the we saw in the past that you know they were, they were starting to give more ten eights more ten eights and then there was that round in the Jan Blakovich Israel Adesanya fight that was very clearly not a ten eight but I think like two of the three judges gave it a ten eight for Blakovich and Dana White criticized it and he mentioned that you know there's been a lot of ten yep. eights now lately and all of a sudden ever since that moment the ten eights. The, the very clear 10 eights haven't been scored a lot of them haven't been scored 10 eights it's almost like the ju- it's almost like the yep, judges are kill a guy now. are like afraid back to being afraid to give clear 10 eight rounds 10 eight because of you know what what Dana might say I mean Dana Dana has a ton of influence uh-huh. whatever you know whatever he's mm-hmm. you know he has a ton of influ- influence and and it's that kind of change you know, I don't think judges should should listen to that stuff, but unfortunately they do. And maybe there's commissions being like, hey, y'all need to ease up on the 10-8s, which would be wrong for them to do. But there's very clear, like, it's insane that rounds one, two, and three were all would, would all have the same score when round one was a game of inches, whereas rounds two and three were, were you know, sterling miles ahead, even four and five. Which were very clear yawn rounds. They were not anywhere near what Sterling did in the second right. or even the third. So, so it's just it's the disadvantage. The disadvantage of I mean, if you look at overall in the fight, you would if you're doing those pride rules, you would probably give it to Sterling, even though Yawn had the better last ten minutes of the fight. But, but yeah, it's just I mean, you know, I. Last year when we did our predictions for who was going to end 2021 as champion, I remember picking Aljamain Sterling, and he did end 2021 as a champion, albeit under <laughs> those crazy circumstances. Yeah. But, but this this definitely proved I, – I hope this kind of shuts up people who are kind of doubt, doubting him. I've always been – I've always been on the – yeah, Sterling's great – Great. I mean, look at this guy. He's seven. He's won seven straight. He's won nine of his last ten. 
last in and a lot of those fights he he won with a neck that was just completely messed up messed up and yeah and uh, you know he's got that fixed he fought this fight much better than he did that first first fight that first fight he just came out way too quick quick and zapped himself and this time he was a little more patient you know definitely patient in that first round but doing enough to win it and then then i i feel like he knew he, that he, he could have he almost could have finished yawn in the second oh like, yeah it looked like he was gonna he was close yeah. to it and he was even kind of yeah kinda not as close in the third but still still a little closer but uh yeah but it's one of those things where like he i feel like he knew that he won the first three rounds so the fourth and the fifth he could kind of take it easy and that's another yeah. that's another thing you know where you bring in the open scoring you know Jan th- thought he was winning the first, thought he won the first, and then you know knew he won the fourth and the fifth. Maybe you bring in the open scoring, maybe, maybe you don't. I, I mean, I'm not a fan of open, sc- open scoring, but I'm kind of like turning my, I'm kind of turning the corner on it a little, maybe a little bit. You know, maybe not as yeah. much as much. I, I've always my whole thing is like I've been watching this sport since since you know I was a kid, and then watching heavily since two, you know, with all the proper ABC rules and regulations since 2000, 2001, 2000, whenever those came in. And, and I just, I've always liked the idea of not having open scoring because of the drama being read at the decision. I've always found that, you know, fascinating and fun and unique for this sport. But at the same time, you know, every other sport, you know, who's winning. And this is the only one that you don't know who's who's winning after each, you know, each round, each inning, you know, each quarter, each half. You yeah. Know, this you know, and boxing. Yeah. This and bo- boxing. So some, you know, uh, I will have the opinion of I don't uh, I'll leave my opinion is I don't care whether we have closed scoring or open scoring anymore. But uh but yeah, I'm kind of turning the corner towards we need scoring. we need more liberal ten eights for sure, and we need more liberal ten eights, yes for sure. NFL Sunday Ticket is now on YouTube and YouTube TV, which means that it just got easier to be an NFL fan, even if you live far away. Like maybe you like the Bears, but you're hibernating in Panthers territory. But with NFL Sunday Ticket, your out of market team is never more than a short distance away, specifically the distance from you to your remote control. NFL Sunday Ticket now on YouTube and YouTube TV. Go to youtube.com slash presale to get $50 off. Terms and embargoes apply. Offer ends 919. No refund. Subscription auto renews. What's up? It's Kaylee Cuoco. When it comes to travel, we all have a happy place. I just went to my happy place. I just went to Maui, and it was truly amazing. Priceline has always been about getting you to your happy place for a happy price with deals you really can't find anywhere else, like up to 60% off select hotels in Costa Rica or five-star hotels for two-star prices in Cabo. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Yeah. The one thing I'll say is, like, I think that the forty-eight forty-seven yawn is is a much worse score than um, than forty-eight forty-seven Sterling. Oh yeah, because sure. I mean, in, in in no way should did yawn win this fight. And if yawn had won, like that would have been a robbery. Uh, because I mean, at best he got a draw, um, you know, and uh, you know if you gave him the first round, he he had a draw, but there's no way he won. 
Yeah. And, uh, if you know, and that's the thing, like, so he didn't do enough to win and that's the thing. And he's notorious for kind of taking the first couple rounds off and, and he's got to start, like, he's got to work on that because, uh, you know, I guess he's trying to save his cardio because he's such a hard hitter and, and, you know, and, and, and so he's trying to save everything for the end and he does really do well in the fourth and fifth rounds, but, um, he, he, you know, I, I, I don't think he's going to be, you know, he's going to have to win a couple times now to get another title shot, but, yeah. um, yeah. I mean, a lot of the guys he was fighting early were guys who were either not good or, or, you know, past their prime. Even when he fought Aldo, Aldo wasn't as great as, as he was before that. And Aldo has definitely gotten something about that fight has kind of turned a switch on him, on him. And he's better since then. But I mean, it really showed in the Sanhagen fight. I mean, he won that fight, but he started off slow and Sanhagen almost made him pay. And then he did it again here here and you're not gonna well, you're not gonna consistently beat these top five guys if you're gonna start off that slow. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then the uh, the other uh, title fight, the main event, uh, went pretty much as uh, you know as we expected. Uh, Alexander wait, Volkanovski. I, I did have a oh. did have a question about that. So what do you do? What do you do next if you're uh, if you're booking? What do you do next with, for for Sterling? Uh, Dillashaw. You do the Dillashaw fight. Like I, I you know, and then and then I, you know, Sahuda gets the winner. And I think that's why, and we'll talk about Cejudo in the news segment, but I think that's why he's coming back now because I think he's looking at these two guys and thinking he could beat either one of them. Yeah. Yeah. That's not why he's coming back, but uh, I would, you know, okay. I, I agree with uh, Dillashaw, but here's an interesting thing. I think now would also be a good time if, if, uh, yeah, they're going to give it to Dillashaw. It's a bad, it's a bad sign, you know, seeing a guy who can get busted for, for you know illegal drug use and then come back win a win one close fight and then get a title should get a chance to get oh, the title I think back I know where you're going uh i wouldn't mind seeing sterling and and aldo i think that would be a bigger fight yeah yeah and i think I, oh i i agree it'd be a bigger fight yeah so um and 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 i mean and, and getting a win over aldo for sterling would be yeah i think would mean a lot more for him, for his legacy. Yeah. And I think, um, and, and also, you know, it would give Aldo that chance to add his name to name to the list of guys who have won titles in two divisions. And, and honestly, like, yeah, you, like you can make a good case that Aldo would deserve a title shot. I mean, I think if he got one next, nobody <laughs> would argue against that considering his wins over Munoz, Munoz and, uh, Rob Font that, you know, at the end of the last year. So, you know, you know what I would also say is if he did win, it would almost be one of the most legitimate like double champs that you've had because a lot of the other ones have been like guys that, you know, were just given a title shot without really earning it. Yeah. Whereas Aldo, like he went down to Bantamweight and he lost. So he had to like fight his way back and win a few fights and earn the title shot. Yeah. As opposed to, you know, like Connor, you know, just moves to lightweight, gets a title shot. Um, Cormier, you know, moves to heavyweight, gets a title shot. Uh, Nunez, you know, right away gets a title shot. Like all these fighters are getting title shots when they move weight classes just so that they can be a double champ. Whereas Aldo, um, he would be, you know, a guy that actually like, what, what has it been like? It's been like seven years since he held the featherweight, eight years since he held the featherweight title, right? Like seven, eight years. Yeah. yeah. So of, he lost um, at the end of 2015. Yeah. He, so seven years. But he won almost. it. He, yeah, he won the interim title in 2016, but lost the unification. Okay. So six years. The Holloway. Yeah. So about six years. Right. Right. So yeah, six years. But you, you know, so I mean, that's a long time. Yeah. And, and he's still only like 30 or 31. Like it's crazy. Um, 
I think he's, he's like 32. 32. I don't know. He's, he's younger than you, we think. He's yeah. he's he's um, he's in the 33 range, I think, off the top of my 33? head. 33? Okay. Still, still he's younger than Connor, I think. Um, so yeah, I um I yeah, I, I would be all for Aldo. I, I think they're gonna go Dillashaw just because they kind of set it up already, but I if they pivot and go Aldo. I mean, you could even do Jan Aldo too, you know, if they do make the Sterling Dillashaw fight. Yeah. Um, I, yeah. I, I would do Jan against Marab. Marab? Okay. Yeah. That, that'll work too. Yeah. Because that's I mean, a, actually, that's a, that's a good test for him. Sterling's teammate, best friend. They got into it. They got into it, you know, backstage too. So it'd kind of be, you know, it kind of be. Do that five rounds, five round main event of a fight night. Yeah. Yeah, and and see, Kenyon, like, because Mirab will just be relentless for twenty five minutes, so that'll that'll be a good test for Jan. Um, okay, so uh, if we want to talk, talk about the main event, um, Volkanovski, Alexander Volkanovski, we talked about this last week. We said, you know, he one of the more underrated guys. You know, he's kind of living in the shadow of Max Holloway and you know Jose Aldo before that, and now here he is. He just completely walked through the Korean Zombie. Um, to the point where I don't even think he wanted to fight in the fourth round, like the the way it looked. Like I almost got a sense, like when they started that fourth round, he kind of looked at Zombie and he's like, "Are you sure you want to do this?" And then Zombie's like, "Yeah, yeah." And then so he did, and and you know he finished him like forty five seconds later. Um, I had like I had a thirty twenty five going into the fourth round. Um, it, this was just like a massacre, um, kind of you know like Z- Zombie was rocked. Uh, quite a few times, you know, to where like I think most guys would have been, you know, knocked down at the very least or knocked out. And he was kind of doing the wobbly legs. And I think he went down a couple times, but Volkanovsky was just, he barely took any damage. Um, just couldn't have looked better. And I mean, now it's like, you know, I mean, we're just, that Holloway fight is just staring at, at us, but I, I still don't think they're going to go straight to it. Um, I, I don't know. What did you think? Okay, so first of all, uh, I think this is Volkanovski's career best performance by far. It's, you know, mm-hmm. I thought we were going to, you know, I talked last week, I thought we were going to be in for in store for a classic, and it was really a one-sided beatdown. Beat down. It was a classic one-man performance. performance. Volkanovski just <laughs> looked absolutely tremendous. I mean, I mean, arguably, like, you come out of that fight, you're thinking, you know, this guy could be the best pound for pound fighter in the world. And, and he's what 24 and one, 21 straight wins, 11 and 0 in the UFC. The last time he lost was in 2013 as a welterweight. So, so yeah, this is, I mean, this is a great performance. Uh, I will, I do want to commend Herb Dean. He did a fantastic job yes. in that fourth round. Yes. Fourth round of not, I mean, those were two hard right hands that Volkanovski landed. Jung stayed on his feet, but you could tell Jung was, not there, and Herb Dean just stopped it as quickly as he could. Could I mean I don't even think Herb wanted wanted him to come out for the fourth, but the doctor said it was okay. So I mean Herb had to had to kind of go with the doctor. I mean it was kind of that whole situation was kind of dumb because you could tell tell the zombie he was you know he was a zombie at the start of the fourth fourth <laughs> round. I mean he he was he was done, but the doctor asked him. 
do you want to fight? And he, you know, all these guys always instinctively say, say yes. And then doctor's like, okay, you know, let him fight. And Herb kind of even like Herb kind of even seemed to hesitate a little bit, but Herb had to go with what the doctor said, said, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, I think it was kind of funny on the commentary. Paul Felder was calling for the fight to be stopped at the third, at the end of the third. I think that was a combination, a combination of the fact that, yeah, you know, zombie's done. He's not going to win this fight. He's taking too much of being in it, but also that the fact that at this point it was like one forty in the morning there, I think those guys were ready to go, <laughs> ready to wrap it up for the yeah. night for the night. But, uh, yeah, Volkanovsky, I mean, just fantastic. I, he should be a superstar, honestly. Like he just—he's so great, and his personality is so great, and he's—he's just—he's so damn likable. And I don't know how anybody could ever hate, hate this guy. And uh, but yeah, I do think, I think the third Holloway fight has has to be next. There's, I mean, a lot of people thought Holloway won the second fight, and so I think that it, even though Volkanovski's won both fights, I think, I think. It's a big fight, the third fight, and I think we get that definitive answer of in the third fight we'll get the definitive answer of who the real champion is and who the best featherweight of all time is. Because I think, I think if they get matched up next against each other, that's you know the winner of that fight's the best featherweight of all time. And after that, I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of people in in the uh, mm-hmm. in the mix, and the big wild card is Henry Cejudo. I mean, Cejudo yeah. is back in the USADA testing pool, and the fight he wants, he wants Volkanovski. That's the fight he wants. He wants to become okay. the first. He wants to become the first Triple guy to win, win titles in three divisions. And I don't think he should get a title shot right away. Wouldn't it surprise me if they gave him a title shot right away. I don't think he should get one. I think he should get a get a win at featherweight. And my my main reasoning is, like you said, that we see too many guys who are champions of other divisions getting immediate title shots without without actually earning it in that division division. And just the way he just abruptly like quit the sport essentially. Mm-hmm. You know, over money basically is what you can't it was. reward that. What it was, you shouldn't reward those guys who just do that, do that because all of a sudden you're throwing you throw uh, like he threw the UFC's plans out the window for what they had and had uh, you know over money. That's why that's why he left. It was it's not be, it wasn't to get married and start a family because because at the time because the girl he was dating at the time that out of that fight is not the girl he's married to now and has a kid with now. So so I mean it was that wasn't the reason. It was he he quit. Over money. That's what it was. Yeah. What it was. You can't yeah. really reward the, those guys who just up and quit over mo- over money by giving them a title shot right away. Right away when they decide two years later, two and a half years later, that they want to come back. So, so, but uh, but that's 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 why Sahudo's coming back. It's not it's not to go for the bantamweight title, even though you know as much as he's going to talk. It's not definitely not to go after the flyweight title. He wants that featherweight title, and he wants to to be the first guy to win a UFC title in three divisions. So that's that's it on that. And, you know, I think Volkanovski and Cejudo would be a big fight. 
Yeah, I, uh, I, I do. And, and I, I, that matchup really intrigues me. Um, some of the other ones, like I, I just can't even picture the visual of Cejudo fighting some of these guys, but I can totally see it with Volkanovsky. So that's the one fight that kind of interests me at featherweight for him. So I, you know, maybe, maybe we'll get it. And, and we're looking at six months down the road. So I think he's got to go through Holloway first and yeah, then, you know, and then Cejudo. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's six months before they can even book Cejudo in a, in yeah. a fight. So. Holloway Cejudo just to me does not, that, that one just, that doesn't do anything for me. I don't know what it is. I just, I, I just can't even imagine that those two fighting, they just, in my head, they, Looks like Holloway is like a foot taller than him. Like, I, yeah, I know. You know no, I, I think uh, if, I think if Holloway and Volkanovski fight and Holloway wins, that that, that probably changes what Cejudo might want to do, do like right away, yeah. like right away. But, yeah, uh, because yeah. because we'll Volkanovski is the guy he wants. Yeah, so we'll have to we'll wait and see. So we got the rest of the card, and we always do our three stars, and it's tough on this one because we got so many decisions, and uh, I don't know, like to me, a lot of them didn't really stand out. So I, you know, if if we end up having the same picks for some of these, I think it might be okay. Um, one thing we talked about on the last show is you know how many of the uh, undefeated fighters would end up um, keeping their unbeaten records, and they all did. So that was something neither one of us predicted. So that, that was interesting, uh, even though one or two of them maybe, you know, could have lost. Um, but um, I uh, so what, what, who are your three stars? Uh, my first one I'm going to go with is Alexi Olenek, just because. <laughs> yeah. I mean, 60th career yeah. win. Murder, murder career grandpa. Win. Yeah. Yeah. You know, 60th career win. I mean, how many. I don't think you could say that like ever for, I mean, there's, there's been these low level guys, guys who fight smokers every, every weekend, you know, some of these guys that we can't mention by name because they turned out to be pieces of pieces of shit, but you know, Travis Fulton, but, uh, but, uh, yeah, but yeah, Alexi Olenek to get 60th win. And, and I love, you know, Jared Vandera, why do you go to the ground with the guy? <laughs> like, you, like you knew not to do that, even yeah. though you're a black belt in jujitsu, Scarfold. I do. And I want to say two things, two things that make him really stand out as a star is the fact that after the fight, he was backstage teaching Vandera the Scarfold. I mean that was a that was a cool video and a cool wow. moment, and and the fact he was so fun, he was funny after the after the fight when Rogan interviewed him he goes just like Alexi you're you're about to turn turn forty five how much how much longer do you want to fight and he goes it's like not much longer maybe five ten years so I mean that was pretty fun yeah I, that yeah, was pretty I funny love that. <laughs> so so yeah so well, I'm, I'm just looking at I'm looking at Olenek's record and so he got his first win. In November 1996, yeah. which is the same year The Rock, the same month The Rock debuted in WWF. Yeah, I mean there was a <laughs> lot. There was a lot. Of, I saw I saw Sean, Sean El Shadi, who was like tweeting out stuff that happened in November 1996, and I was just like. Uh, you know, I, it's just crazy, crazy that he's been around, been around that long. And this guy had this guy's record was seven and one on nine eleven. <laughs> like, 
<laughs> that's there's there's people listening to this that weren't born on 9-11 yeah. and uh he had already fought eight times yeah. so yeah th- that's a good choice and that you know what that's my 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 first star too so uh who's your second uh i'm actually gonna go over kel pennington uh, I mean, okay this was you know we talked about volkanovsky having a career best performance i think pennington had a had a career best performance over aspen lad the other r- reminder that pennington took this fight on like 10 days no notice uh just you know no real no real camp but i mean she outstruck lad made she made lad look like an absolute like i mean not a not a top level fighter that we that we thought she was and i mean you know this was a this was a bad loss for aspen lad she didn't do a whole lot but pennington her striking was great everything about what she was she was doing was great so anthony or uh, raquel pennington is my second star and my third star i'm gonna go ahead and go with ian gary and it's just okay I mean, it was be I I know who one of your stars is going to be, so I would I kind of left him out for you. Yeah. So, but I'm going to go Ian Gary. Yeah, I went to the decision. I didn't think he'd go to the decision, but he put in like a very solid showing, kind of one one of those that you know you want to see him go the distance to see what what he will do in the later rounds. I do think training uh, switching his training camp from Ireland to Sanford MMA in Florida. It was a good move, but usually when people switch camps, camps especially that early in their career as they're on the rise, like there's usually some some hiccups in that first fight as far as like performance and all that because you're getting used to new guys in the corner yelling at you, you know, yelling instructions at you and all that. But I thought he, he fought well and, uh, you know, and the hype train around him is still there. I mean, he's still he's still just 24 and he's 9-0 and, and, and the future – Nickname is still apropos for him. So I thought it was, a, you know, it wasn't the finish that everybody was expecting, but it was still a very solid showing. And he won, and he won easily. So so that's, I think at the end of the day, that's all that matters there. And he cut a good promo afterwards as well. Um, the I fell asleep during the Raquel Pennington fight, uh, so I may have chosen her as well. But unfortunately, uh, the uh, the lateness of the evening uh, caught up with me. Uh, so yeah, my 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 second star is uh, Mike Malott. Um, you know, we talked about him last week. Uh, this is the guy from Team Alpha Male. He's got his uh, I think fourth straight first round stoppage win. Uh, this is his UFC debut. His last fight was on the Contender Series, which we watched and covered. Um, this was his biggest win clearly over mickey gall who is you know no slouch even though he's got a seven and five record i mean that's been pretty much all in the ufc so um the one thing though about mike malott that i don't know if i think you know this but maybe you don't uh his brother jeff plays for my winnipeg jets yeah um which is uh yeah and and he signed his contract the same week that mike malott signed his ufc contract so that that was like really cool for the yeah for that family and uh yeah and he just made his actually his debut uh just a couple weeks ago um so that was cool and my other one uh my third star is gonna be mark madsen um you know over uh, against vince michelle uh other undefeated fighter you know he went to 12 and 0 and really this fight, you know, we kind of, we think we both predicted Vince Pichel was going to pull this one out and it kind of went the way we were thinking it might for the first two rounds. Madsen, you know, closely won the first round. Pichel clearly won the second and was coming on strong at the end to the point where he was, you know, like he was pretty, like he was heated up at the end of the second round and he was telling his corner, he's done, he's got nothing left and all this. And then Madsen came out 
and he clearly won the third round. He probably had his best round. Well, he clearly had his best round of the fight, I thought. And he showed a lot in pulling this one out because Michelle's a tough guy. He's he was 14 and 2 coming into this, and this was no pushover. And Madsen, I mean, his guys had a lot of hype. He's really struggled to win his last two fights, but he's won them. And uh, I really, really like the fight that you've suggested in your column for him next, Jim Miller, uh, because you know the fight's going to go to the ground at some point, and Miller is a beast on the ground. So if Madsen can come away from that one with a win, then you know what? Then you start putting him up against guys that are like just outside the top fifteen and seeing how he does there. So uh, you know, I thought overall a pretty good performance for Madsen. Probably his most the. High-profile fight kicked off the main card of a pay-per-view, and uh, good job from him. I'm glad you liked that fight because I didn't. But uh, I'll just leave oh, okay. it there. All right, no problem, no problem. I, I mean, it I wasn't. Thought, I mean, it wasn't I, the I fight of the year. I thought it was. I thought it was boring. So. So. Well, I'm not saying like I just, no, I no, just yeah, I you know, it. I thought the way Madsen pulled the fight out, like it wasn't, it was more the story than the actual. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, the story I for think. sure. Yeah, for yeah, sure. Yeah. I agree with all that. Yeah, all that. So. All right. So take us through the rest of these results. Okay, so the night started off with a uh, what ended up being a catchweight bout because Julio Arce missed weight by a half pound, but uh, he scored a unanimous decision over Daniel Santos, 30-27, uh, 37-27, 29-28. Uh, this was pretty exciting. Arce is just yeah. – he was landing more strikes, and Santos was throwing like a lot of – like big shots, but they weren't connecting. And Arce was connecting on his shot on his punches, which was the which was the big difference. And Arce looked really good. Good and a good win for him. And I don't think Santos loses a lot in losing this because I do feel like Arce is one of the more underrated guys in that middle tier of the Bantamweight division. Uh, next, we had another catchweight fight, Pierre Rodriguez. She missed weight by two and a half pounds. I just want to say this real quick. She missed weight by two and a half pounds. Julio Arce missed weight by a half pound, but they both got fined 20% of their purse. That's messed up. Something's got to change there. Yeah. There's no reason that yeah. that people who missed weight by a two-pound difference should have the f- same same uh, percentage of their purse taken, aw- taken away. If you, you know, you know, Arce, I mean, for all you know, and Rodriguez, or I'm sorry, it was Kay Hansen who missed weight. Sorry, sorry, it's Kay Hansen who missed weight, two and a half pounds. I'm just looking at the Wikipedia to go through. So Kay Hansen, she missed weight by two and a half, two and a half pounds, and she weighed in like 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 45 minutes into the weigh-in session. So she knew she was going to miss weight, weighing in that early. And Arce literally waited until the last second, last second, when it was the last second. When they said, "Hey, he's here," that, and that's all you have to do. Do you don't necessarily have to weigh in, weigh in like you know the w- windows from nine to eleven. You don't have to weigh in by eleven. You just have to be inside the building by eleven. But the mm-hmm. but they'll give but they'll give you to they'll give you a few minutes of leeway just as long as you're like in the like in the weigh in backstage at the you know in the way the secondary room that they have where all, all the fighters are at as long as you're there by 11 o'clock you can weigh in but anyway but so he waited until you know which shows that he tried his best to make weight and just couldn't and just couldn't make it and there's no reason he should get find the same amount as somebody who missed it by two pounds or more than he did did it's it's stupid they need to they need to change it. I've always suggested. I've always suggested the thing of ten percent per pound 
Up, yeah, up per to, pound. That's perfect. Per pound. I was, like, I was just going to suggest that. Yeah, 10% yeah. per pound. You know, so if you miss weight by half a pound, you get fine 5%. If you 5%. miss by two, two and a half pounds, you're 25%. And I always think it should go up to up to five pounds and after five after five pounds you cancel the fight you cancel the fight unless there's some or you're fighting for free or are there some agreement i mean 50 percent. i wouldn't ever take away more than 50 percent of somebody's purse i would actually just either cancel the fight because honestly if you miss by five pounds like you should let your your opponent know ahead of time hey i'm missing by this much so maybe that the, that some sort of deal about a catch weight can be worked out and to where yeah to where the other guy could not have to drain himself while the other guy's going to miss by five pounds. But anyway, but back on, back on this Pierre Rodriguez, uh, unanimous decision over Kay Hansen, 29, 28, all, all across the board. It was okay. Five, but Rodriguez very clearly won. Uh, then we had the heavyweight fight, Alex Galenic, the Sabin Jared Vandera in the first round with the Scarfold. Then we had Mike Malott, TKO win over Mickey Gall in the uh, first round. Uh, that left hook that knocked Gall out. I mean, Gall face planted. Oh. I don't know why he, why the referee let him take some extra shots. I mean, granted the face planting woke him back up, but there was it was unnecessary after that. But yeah, a great win for Mike Malott and a great post fight interview where they mentioned the GoFundMe for Joey Rodriguez's daughter who's battling cancer, cancer and all. He told a story about how he was walking to the back after the fight. He told us at his little post-fight interview, and some guy in the crowd just handed him a wad of cash to donate to the go to the wow. go economy. Like, like he didn't say how much was in it. It was just said it was just like a wad. Like like the guy pulled out yeah, like like every dollar the guy had in his pocket and handed it to him. So that was a really neat story. Then you had the women's bantamweight bout, Raquel Pennington, unanimous decision over Aspen Ladd, 29-28 all around. Middleweight bout, Anthony Hernandez defeated Josh Fremd, uh, unanimous decision, 30-27, 30-27, 29-28. Ian Gary over Darian Weeks, unanimous decision, 29-28, two 30-27s. Uh, main card, Mark. This Mas- is about where I was. I was struggling, dude. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. All these decisions. Yeah. Main yeah. card, uh, Mark Matson over Vince Pichel. Unanimous decision, 30-27-30-27-29-28. Uh, Mackenzie Dern split decision over Tisha Torres. 29-29-28 scorecards for her. 28-29 scorecard for Torres. Uh, this was a really fun fight and very close. Yeah. Very close. I thought Torres won the fight. But it, but it could have gone either way and and you know Dern, yeah I had her winning as yeah, well yeah I mean big win for Dern and again you know Torres didn't lose anything in losing this fight you know she she looked really good and it could have gone it was really a fight that could have gone either either way probably it was probably much closer than Sterling and Yon and anything and closer than Chamaya Burns in my opinion. And then you had Jemaya she survived like six minutes on the. She was on the ground with uh, with Dern for six minutes and she survived. Like yeah. nobody does yeah. that. Yeah. So, T- so Tisha Torres, cool. is really good. And then yeah, Chimaev over Burns, Sterling over Jan, and Volkanovski over the Zombie. Yep. And uh, the performance bonuses. Uh, somehow Mike Malott did not get a performance bonus. I have no idea how. But uh, Alexei Olenek, uh, Gilbert Burns, and Chimaev, uh, fifty thousand bonus for fight of the night each. And Volkanovski got the performance of the night. I don't know. Like I, I hate when the main eventers get the performance bonuses because they're already getting paid. And a guy like Mike Malott could hopefully they took care of him because he uh, he could have used that fifty grand. But uh, yeah, such as it is. Uh, so we got next, we've got, we got a big week coming up. Um, so 
before we get into these two shows, and I want to read something that you wrote. I'm going to read it directly from your column. This upcoming Friday is arguably Bellator's biggest show of the year and perhaps of the last several years, and there has been no promotion or mention of it anywhere. You'd hardly know it exists or that Bellator even exists because you never hear anything about them. Their featherweight champion and arguably their biggest star and the star of this upcoming show, AJ McKee, doesn't even have his social media accounts verified, and he gets less traction here than lots of people associated with mixed martial arts. They need to do something because it feels like we're watching the slow death of Bellator, which would be sad. Um, our buddy Garrett is going to be going to this show with uh, Big Dave, and he had asked us at some point, you know, do we have any questions for Scott Coker? And my <laughs> my only thing I wanted to say was, I hope to God he doesn't listen to our show because we bury them, <laughs> you know, and rightfully so. Um, this is a big card, though, and uh, you know, and honestly, out of the two cards this weekend, it's the one I'm probably most looking forward to. Um, you know, it's got four really solid fights on the main card. Uh, even the prelims have some decent fights on them, and uh, you know, also some really goofy fights, but uh, a lot of oh 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 one type guys. But when you get to the main events of the prelims, it's not too bad. But the main event is a rematch um, for the. Bellator Featherweight Championship, AJ McKee and Patricio Pitbull. These are, you know, outside of Holloway and um, Volkanovski. I mean, maybe, you know, probably two guys in the top five overall and, and definitely top 10 in the world. Um, and AJ McKee is, you know, he seems like he's just waiting until he can go to UFC, but he's got this coming up this weekend. Um, real big fight. I don't see any reason to think that it's going to go any different than the last one. But, you know, it's Bellator and anything can happen. Uh, wh what do you think? So I want to say this first about AJ McKee's Twitter account. What made me, like, research it and, and look at all that is I saw somebody, re like, quote tweet his tweet after that Volkanovski fight and talking about how, how like, he's making a statement here and is getting no traction. And I was looking I was looking it up. It was, it was about two hours after the Volkanovski fight. And that thing, that tweet... At that time, and granted, it has way more now because because of it actually getting traction. But at that time, like that tweet had less likes and less and less uh, retweets and less responses than I get whenever whenever a round score is put on on the screen during a UFC show. Like wow, like, and he's only got and, you know, and like I said, it's his social media. He's supposed to be Bellator's biggest star. He's got does he has sixty seven hundred followers in his account isn't even verified like the moment a guy signs with the ufc like the ufc's pr machine it gets them verified on social media social media so this is just like like on that when it comes to like his social media not being verified that's you know that's a shot at bellator and bellator's pr like they're not even like they're not even promoting the guy who's supposed to be their biggest star like they can't even they don't even get his social media media verified to where he can pick up a following on on there he's got you know he's got less followers than than a lot of mma media members so it's crazy it's crazy he's supposed to be your big star so that's kind of what that's kind of what brought on that that whole little rant but at the same time like you haven't heard like until today like you would hardly know this show even exists this exists this coming friday and it's supposed to be you know arguably their biggest show of the year with their biggest their biggest star and their biggest fight coming and not only that but you mm -hmm. also have Corey anderson and vadim nimkov light heavyweight title light heavyweight grand prix grand prix final million, million dollars. dollars on the line it's and 
Yeah. And you don't know that it even like exists because there's just for me, like I'm, I'm way more focused on these two shows next weekend in Hawaii. To me, yeah. those seem like the bigger shows. Yeah. Those but, have been brought up constantly, um, constantly. I mean, granted, yeah. granted because it just got announced a couple of weeks ago, a couple of weeks ago, but at the same time it's you know, it's almost like the, like the show on Friday doesn't exist, which is a real shame. And I mean, honestly, like nobody's going to watch it. I mean, some, some people will watch it, but I mean, we joke about, um, you know, AW rampage. We were actually just talking about it off air before the show and, and they're getting moved time slots and, you know, maybe they're going to do like 500,000 viewers. And that's like five times what Bellator is going to do. And people joke about nobody watching rampage. Well, nobody watches Bellator and this is their biggest show. And I mean, if they get 150,000 viewers, they'll be like, you know, Scott Coker will be like, it's swimming in the it's in funny gold too. or something. It's but, funny too. Me personally, I'm probably going to miss, miss the Bellator show because I'll be right on my way home from, on my way home from yeah. AEW Rampage and Battle of the Belts taping. So I'll be, but, that's, but you know what? Like you, here's the thing. You could probably go home. You'll get home at like, I don't know, 11 o'clock. And if you decide you want to watch Bellator, I guarantee you, it won't be hard to avoid spoilers. <laughs> you know, if, if, you know, I mean, maybe you, because you, you know, you're, you're a little more high profile MMA than I am, but I guarantee you, I could avoid spoilers. Um, and you know, I could watch a show Sunday and I probably won't know what happened. Uh, because that's just how little traction they get. Yeah. Exactly. Um, you know, UFC, no way. Like, uh, you know, I actively have to try not to see what happened on a UFC show, but Bellator, I can go on my Twitter timeline. I can scroll down for, you know, an hour and not see anything about Bellator. I, I won't because, so. of, because obviously I follow, you know, the, yeah, a lot of the MMA media because friend, friends and yeah. all, you know, so. Friends. Yeah, I, I do too, but I just, I, I don't know, for some reason I, I, I managed to avoid it. Um, and again, like, I think a lot of them are wrestling fans too. So, I mean, if they have a choice, they might be watching Rampage on Friday instead of Bellator. Well, I mean, uh, although this is a big fight, this uh, is a big, it won't be, you know what, Dave and Garrett will be tweeting about it. So it, I'll probably will, will see it. I mean, Rampage is on at an early time, so they, they'll, they'll be able to watch True. both. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so we got that and we also got Aaron Pico fighting and it's funny because a lot was made about the type of fights that Pico was getting early in his career and now he's going up against a guy, you know, with this is the guy he should have been fighting in his like his third fight. Well, you know, Oddly Edwards, he's 9 and 1, but he's well, never beat anybody. Well, let's I mean Grant Pico was supposed to fight Jeremy Kennedy in his fight and Edwards oh, right, right, right. Edwards okay, taking his fight like on 2 weeks notice, so Oh wow, there's a lot of yeah, a lot of uh fights that were uh that were changed on this card. Um yeah, so he's fighting Adley Edwards and that's the featured fight and then we got rounding out the main card Tim Johnson and Linton Vassell. You know, two, you know, bigger name heavyweights in Bellator. I mean, they're not, you know, the, these guys are kind of journeymen in terms of like overall they'd be jobbers in UFC, but they're uh, you know, it's a solid heavyweight fight. And then we got Terrell Fortune on the prelims, uh, going against Rakeem Cleveland and Rafael Carvalho is the other big name on the uh, prelims uh fighting at middleweight against uh Davlajan Yagshiramuradov. Uh, from Turk Turkmenistan, so yeah, it's uh, you know it's a decent card for Bellator. Obviously, it's on Showtime. Uh, prelims start at six. I would our time seven Eastern. I assume the main card's at nine. Uh, so yeah, you might get home in time for the main event. <laughs> did um, you Did you see the first six fights on the Bellator show? 
Yeah, yeah, it's ridiculous. Like zero and zero, one and two. Yeah, one and zero, yeah. four and five. No, no, it's uh, I like I did the math on this. So the first six fights, the twelve fighters in those six fights, they have a combined twenty three professional fights, and one of the guys has nine of those. I mean, you know, we want to talk yeah, about JT Donaldson. Yeah, I mean, I don't know, you know, I don't know if it is obviously these these fights exist to to for these guys to sell tickets to to bellator but if bellator is supposed to be like a major league promotion and they're still having to have local guys on the prelims who are 0-0-0-1 to sell tickets to that's that's an issue still like that just shows that yep that i mean as much as they try to be major league promotion they they're not (laughs) i mean not even pfl does this does this stuff the first six fights look like a uh, like a combate card. Yeah, like this is like every combate first, card that they send yeah, you. The, and the first yeah. six fights, not even combate. I mean, the first six fights are are you go see at a freaking in the freaking ballroom of a Sheraton, you know, in in, yeah. in Las Cruces, New Mexico. Like, I mean, not a, not inside a side of sixteen thousand seat arena, like. Like you know, yeah. that's just two. Two of these fights are one and zero against zero and zero, and then zero and one against zero and zero. And then there's the the one I'm laughing at is Holland Gracie zero and three. No way, this dude's a Gracie. Uh, like they they always just throw that name on people. I, I find it funny. You watch Bellator, there's always a Gracie on the card. See, and then um, that's but and this uh, is yeah. Crit- so that's uh, this is that's the criticism Bellator. I have about Bellator about it. it. Just still still makes them feel minor league, and they shouldn't feel like that. Yeah, absolutely. I hope like when they say 7 p.m. on like YouTube, I hope it starts with like the seventh fight, you know, like uh, these first six. Like we'll just start with the Kyle Kuchmer, Michael Lombardo fight and pretend the first six didn't happen. Uh, Gas and Bolanos and Daniel Carey. I've heard of both those guys. Um, so, yeah, the first four prelims and then you got the four main card. Like that's eight fights. That's a solid card. You don't need those first six. Um, but whatever, that's, that's Bellator. That's yeah. on Friday. I feel, I feel bad for those. First and then two, on those first 12 fighters are probably get, they're probably being like, all being like, all right, I'm fighting Bellator and they're probably getting paid like 500 bucks for each, you know, 500, 500. Yeah. If they're lucky. If they're lucky. Plus, get a, plus whatever get tickets they sell. Your tickets sold. Yeah. yeah. Plus whatever yeah. tickets they sell. Uh, but you know, again, I am, you know, for whatever reason, looking forward to that main card, maybe a little bit more than the UFC, um, main event is solid on the UFC card. Uh, this is Saturday on, uh, ESPN, uh, card gets underway at, f- uh, five 30 Eastern four 30 our time. Uh, what's the main card? Eight, seven 30 or nine, seven 30 Eastern time, seven 30. It'll probably start a little late. Uh, the start time is yeah. because is because they have NBA playoffs all day and and they do two and a half hour blocks for for okay. all for all three for all the games. So so the, I think the last game starts ooh, at ooh. starts at at uh, six six Eastern time. So the so it's supposed to be over at eight thirty, which would be the start. Oh, eight thirty. Okay. I- Seven thirty our time. Seven thirty our time. Yeah, because I was going to say there's no way they're doing like eight fights in 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 two hours. So three hours. That's even going to be tough. But um, so the main card is uh, you know the main event is Vicente Luque and Bilal Muhammad. Real solid welterweight fight. Um, Bilal Muhammad, guy we've had a lot of fun with uh, over the years that we've been doing this show. Uh, Remember the name. Remember the ranking. Number seven. uh, I, I just go with. That's what his topology ranking is. I don't know what he is in UFC, but uh, probably pretty close to that. 
Um, and, uh, and Vicente Luque. And this is, you know, I mean, this is basically, I think the winner here is kind of in that level kind of right below, I think Comzat just skipped over them, but, um, the winner maybe gets, you know, a fight with a Gilbert Burns next, um, you know, to kind of see if, if you could challenge for a title. Um, I, uh, I think it's really intriguing. Muhammad is, you know, just nonstop pressure, uh, you know, and he hits hard, but not as hard as Vicente Luque. And Vicente Luque is more about uh, damage and volume as opposed to, um, you know, just kind of that constant pressure that Bilal Muhammad offers. And uh, real intriguing fight, kind of a classic fight in my mind and a perfect main event for this show. Yeah. Uh, for clarity's sake, uh, their rankings as of now hasn't been updated yet. But Luke's fourth and Muhammad's fifth, so we'll, we'll, so technically oh, okay. it's two okay, cool. two top five guys. Even though I think once they get updated, uh, Chimaev will will leapfrog them both. But anyway, this is a rematch too. Hit these two fight uh, before, once before at the at the very first MSG show, and Luke Luke knocked Muhammad out. And ever since that fight, they've had pretty similar careers. Luke's ten and two since that fight. Muhammad's ten and one with the one no contest since that fight. That fight. So they've both. They've both worked their way up the ladder, up the ladder. Luke has been more, probably more impressive working his way in the ladder because he's had more high profile fights and he's had finishes in a lot of those and a lot of exciting fights. But Muhammad's, Muhammad's proven like he, he's one of the more underrated guys at welterweight too, too. And honestly, like if you were going to slow down Chimaev, like whoever wins this fight would probably be perfect next fight for him. If you didn't want to go the Covington Covington route, I mean, and there's an argument where, where that Luke could make where if he wins, he could fight Usman. I doubt it, but, uh, because we're getting the Edwards, the Usman Edwards fight. So whoever wins this fight is probably going to need one more fight, but it's a very high quality fight. And, and honestly, I think Muhammad has improved more than Luke in that first fight, because I think Luke was already miles ahead of Muhammad when they first fought. And it's a very interesting fight. I still think Luke is going to win, but I don't think he's going to knock Muhammad out like he did the first time they fought. So, so a very intriguing fight. And, you know, it's, it's, it's a good one. It's a good one. And which is good for this card because there's nothing else on it. Oh, no. I mean, the, to me, like the most interesting fight on the card besides the main event is maybe like, you know, it's just because I love the dude is like Huggy Bear in the prelims. But, um, you know, like, yeah, the co-main event is two guys making their UFC debut. I don't think I don't I don't remember that ever happening before. I'm sure it probably has. But, um, but I mean, I don't remember it for sure. It's definitely not since we've been doing this show um, and probably going a long way back from that. But um, and then from there, it's just like a whole bunch of guys that, you know, like we've heard of, but probably most people listening probably haven't or I maybe mean, they have you know lena yeah. landsberg and piani kianzad is you know an interesting fight on the prelims yeah. but uh the fight yeah, i was looking yeah, yeah, yeah. the fight i was looking forward to most outside of the main event ended up getting canceled today because eliza zaleski does huh oh yeah, Eliza, oh, Laziz. Yeah, Eliza Zaleski Dos Santos and Laziz. That one got canceled because Dos Zaleski pulled out. So that kind of sucks. And, and that hurt the card bit, big time because Zaleski is a very is a very entertaining and action fighter who brings a lot to cards. And Miguel Baeza and Diego Lima. That that we lost that one. Um, so he's. Uh, Bieza's fighting uh, Andre Fialo now. Um, yeah, so, I mean, we'll, we'll go through, but um, I guess, you know, if you, if, I mean, we kind of mentioned, well, you mentioned one that 
So you did the three stars. I'll do. So for me, the three fights I'm looking forward to outside the main event. Um, and I guess maybe we can. Now nah, we won't include Bellator in this. We give give the UFC some love here. So I already mentioned Chris Barnett and Martin Boudet. Uh, Boudet is making his uh, debut, but we saw him on the Contender Series last year. Got a nice uh, first round KO against Lorenzo Hood. Um, this side's my first one. Uh, I got to throw some love to the Canadians. So, uh, half Garcia and Jesse Ronson. Ronson's a guy I've been watching for years, came up on the Canadian Indies. Um, and Rafa Garcia's a fighter out of Mexico. They always have great fights. Um, he's coming off his first UFC win where he probably saved his job. So, that this could be a fun fight. And then, uh, my boy TJ Laramie, the fighting Laramie brothers, they're the Canadian Diaz's. Um, he's, uh, you know, coming off his first UFC loss uh, to Derek Minner, uh, fighting for the first time in a year and a half against Pat Sabatini, which is, man, that's a tough fight. Uh, he's out of Philly, right? I think. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah and, and he's undefeated in UFC. So this is, this is a sneaky good fight. And that's on the main card, uh, probably kicking it off. So those are my three it's Sabatini, yeah. Laramie, uh, Garcia Ronson, and uh, Barnett Boudet. Yeah, to go three different because two of those fights are actually on my list. But to go three different, uh, first I'll go I'll go with a weird heavyweight fight, but it's a heavyweight fight. Devin Clark against William Knight. Uh, it's kind of one that came in together on short notice. At least William Knight doesn't have to worry about missing weight by <laughs> by twelve pounds again, eighteen uh, pounds or whatever, eighteen it was, pounds yeah. or whatever the hell it was. I, I forget what it was. And I was at the show a couple months ago. Ago, but yeah, I, I mean heavyweight fight there so so that that'll be interesting uh then i'll go well the welterweight fight miguel baeza against andre fialo baeza is a pretty action fighter and we saw fialo against michelle pahea in his ufc debut in january and he gave pahea a very tough fight you know that should be a fun fight and then i'll go with a lightweight fight uh drakar close against brandon jenkins just because this is the first time we've seen close since that incredible fight with benil dariush over two years ago you know he was supposed to fight about a year ago against jeremy stevens but then they had the whole weigh-in incident where stevens pushed close and then he had a close had a bad neck spasm because of it and couldn't fight and uh but yeah that that one you know, might be an interesting fight on a very like this, you know, we talk about weak UFC <laughs> cards that are at the apex and this is, you know, this is yeah. one of those. It's, it's a finite. I mean, I mean, it's going against NBA. If I paid, if I paid 20, it, it's going if I paid $2,500 to see this in person. I'd be pretty pissed off if I got to Vegas and I got yeah, this card. Yeah. I mean, like I said, this, this is one of those, this is one of those where, you know, we want to get them out of the apex. I mean, this, I mean, this show probably would have done 6,000 paid, paid in a, you know, in a, in a arena that, that, you know, doesn't get a show, but once every few years, but, but you throw, this, you throw this fight in like Halifax or something because yeah. there's like three Canadian fighters on the card and yeah. maybe throw a couple more Canadians on it. This this will sell out some little civic center in Halifax, you know. <laughs> so. The way the UFC is going, this will sell out anywhere, anywhere with the yeah. amount of tickets they're selling. But but they'll be lucky to get 10 people to buy, you know, 10 non-family and friends to, to spend that $2,500 for that seat at the Apex that they have. 
So for you the, probably thought I was going to pick. You probably thought I was going to pick the Landsberg Kianzed fight. No, I knew you were going to. And that's pick why Huggy. you were going. You were going to go. I knew you were going to pick Huggy Bear, and then I figured you you're going to pick Sabatini Laramie. <laughs> yeah, that Sabatini Laramie is. Uh, that's, that's a good. That's a really good fight. That's probably my second favorite fight on the on the card now that that Zaleski's off. But uh, yeah, this is going against the NBA playoffs. It's going against the Warriors. So, I mean, I don't know how many people will actually. I haven't even I, looked to see when the Raptors are playing. I have a big bet on the Raptors to uh, win the Eastern Conference Finals. I know it's a long shot, but I, I'm going to win 12 grand if they if they make, if they they make win the Eastern Conference. So Nice. Um, but, uh, so take us through the rest of this uh, this card. Okay, so the night kicks off with a bantamweight fight. Alating Hale against Kevin Kroom. That should be, you know, a little interesting. Uh, let me get the actual match order because I'm on the Wikipedia and it's not updated, but I have it. I have it on our, if you're a subscriber to the Wrestling Observer newsletter and the, uh, the message board, I always have this stuff, you know, good to go on there. I don't know why it's not loading up. Let me go. Okay, here we are. I have now I have it. Okay. Okay, here's the exact match order. Okay, so this kicks off with the Bantamweight fight, Alating LA against Kevin Kroom. Then you have a women's strawweight fight, Estella Nunez against Sam Hughes. Uh both of those ladies are looking for their first UFC win. Uh, then we have a lightweight fight, Jordan Livett against Trey Ogden. Ogden's making his UFC debut on short notice. You have the heavyweight fight, Chris Huggy Bear Barnett against Martin Boudet. Uh, it'll be fun if if Huggy Bear wins this fight, and this is a very tough fight for him, but if he wins this fight, you know you're going to get some fun post-fight stuff, so that's a fight to keep an eye on. You have the lightweight fight, Rafa Garcia against Jesse Ronson. Lightweight fight, Drakkar Close against Brandon Jenkins. You have the women's bantamweight fight, Lena Landsberg, uh, fighting for the first time in over two years. She had a had a had a child and this is her return against mm. Penny Kionzad. Then then closing out the prelims, heavyweight fight against Devin Clark against William Knight. Uh main card uh it was supposed to kick off with Zaleski Dos Santos against Lizez. They look like they're gonna have they're gonna find a replacement for to fight Lizez, probably somebody debuting. So but uh we'll you know, we'll keep an eye on that. And if not, it'll probably they'll bump a prelim up to the main card. Then you have featherweight fight, Pat Sabatini against TJ Laramie. You got a women's bantamweight fight, Myra Bueno Silva moving up to 135 pounds against Wu Yunnan. Welterweight fight, Miguel Baeza against Andre Fialo. Middleweight fight, Kyle Borallo against Gadzi. Omar Gadziev, uh, both of like you said, both of them making their UFC debut, but both of them looked really good on Dana White's Contender Series this year. Borrello had two fights on the show, like both of them coming within like a span of like three weeks of each other, and uh, yeah, you know they they both are very talented, and that should be an actually interesting fight. It's you know when you're talking about a show like this, putting those guys in the co-main event slot is probably a good idea, and then you have Vicente Luque against Bilal Muhammad in the main event. Didn't uh, um, one of uh, Chow Baralo's wins on the Contender Series came against uh, a fight game media favorite, right? Aaron Jeffrey? Yeah. Wasn't he the guy? 
Yeah, yeah, that uh, yeah it was uh, I don't know. I somehow he retweeted something, and everybody on our group loves him. Um, so yeah, that's the card. I mean, not a lot there, but you know, I'm sure some of these fights will be good. And uh, if you're not a big basketball fan, you got something to watch. Uh, I just looked it up. The Raptors are playing at six, so they're going up against this as well. So I will watch the show, but it definitely won't be live because I am watching the Raptors, and that's one I can't avoid spoilers for. So I will. I won't watch live, but I'll probably start about a half hour in. So if you want to talk basketball with me on Twitter, uh, check it out because it's the one time of year I actually pretend like I know what I'm talking about with basketball uh so we've got we got the two cards out of the way now we got the news and there's quite a bit of news here um i guess first off we talked about a little bit earlier but um uh henry cejudo is back in the testing pool and uh so it means he's you know he's at least six months away from getting booked but that's the first sign that he's actually serious about coming back right yeah i mean i mean he's been we We've talked a lot about him, and you know, every week on social media, he's talking about, you know, he's running in his mouth and talking about, you know, he's going to do this, he's going to do this, he's going to fight this dude, he's not, and all this, but he hasn't, but he's been out of the pool, and it's funny, like I had, like I had written my column, and I was almost done with it, done with it, and I actually had a had a thing in there about him, you know, because he spent all weekend talking about. About how much he beat up, you know, whoever wins Sterling and Yon, and how much he beat up Volkanovski, and doing his whole his whole thing where he talks about fights that aren't happening because he isn't in the pool. And I was being, I was about to the point where it's like, all right, Henry, just shut up. I mean, I mean, either get back in the testing pool and fight, or stop trying to build up fights that aren't going to happen because you won't get, you won't return, you won't put yourself in the testing pool. Well, sure enough, you put him in the testing pool. So time to put his his money where his mouth is and just. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm glad he's coming back because he's a great fighter and, and he should have never left the first time. And hopefully that, I mean, we kind of got robbed of two years of him in his prime prime because of, you know, money issues. But, uh, yeah, it'll be very interesting no matter what division, whether it's 135 or 145, five that he comes back to. Never know. I mean, the two years off could end up doing him some good. You know, his body didn't take a lot of damage for those two years. I imagine he's still training and stuff. But, oh yeah, he's uh, and he's you know he's been doing a lot of coaching, which is probably good too because okay. you know he, yep. he's he's been coaching all the these guys. You know, the zombie Davis and Figueredo, Zong Wei Lee, John Jones, even like John Jones came to Arizona yep. to work with him, and I actually think like I've always felt like a fighter who also coaches, you know, like Mike Malott and like these other guys, like Matt mm-hmm. Brown have been, like James Krause. I think they're better fighters because of being coaches. Coaches and, uh, and yeah, maybe. That, that and the analyst stuff, like like Dominic Cruz when he took two years off. Yeah. And then he comes back and he looked as good as ever, you know, so. Um, we also got Nate Diaz. We talked a bit about this last week. Not, not anything really new, but he had a meeting. Yeah, we talked about last last week. I knew about it. Knew about when we recorded. Okay. Uh, what, so is this I, the same thing we talked about already? Yeah, we did. But Dana, Dana, okay. Dana brought it up. He confirmed that they had a meeting. He says he basically just said, "I don't know where we're, where we stand right now." So hmm. that's that. So we're still we're still waiting. Um, and uh, we've got um, Zhang Weili and Joanna Yunjacek, a, a rematch of the fight just before the pandemic. So a little over two years ago now um they are uh, booking that fight for ufc 275 in singapore 
currently scheduled for five rounds, but Dana White is considering making it or for, for three rounds, but Dana White is considering making it a, a five round non-title fight. Yeah. Uh, whenever they announced the card for Singapore and we talked about how they said, we talked about when, the, when they said that they were going to, whenever rumors were that they were going to do this show in Singapore, we were talking about how this fight made sense. If it was going to happen to happen there, just because it felt like Whaley was somebody they w- would want to get on that card. Uh, but yeah, it was, it's currently scheduled for three rounds. Uh, Oscar Willis from the Mac life. Uh, he asked Dana about making, about it possibly being a five round and Dana's now considering it. If they're going to do that five round route, I wouldn't put it on this, put it on that card. I would just put it as a headliner of another show because you already have two title fights and three, five round fights. I mean, they've done it before, but that makes for another long, long day, long night, all that, all that. I wouldn't, I wouldn't put it, you know, put three, I would never do three, five round fights on a card. I think you can spread it out a little bit more, especially, especially considering you have Robert Whitaker and Marvin Vittori on the card as well. So yeah, that's so, going to go five. What's, so, what's the other one? Well, you have the two title fights, Vittori and Whitaker. Yeah. What's the other title fight? Vittori oh, okay. What's, so what's the, what's the, what are the two title fights? Glover Teixeira and Yuri Prochaska and Valentina Shevchenko and Tyler oh, Santos. Oh, the, you know, those, those could end early. Yeah. Both those fights. Could uh, end I'm early. just saying in print, on, but, principle, on principle. Yeah, yeah, I know. Dude. I know what you mean. I know what you mean. And, and yeah, I mean, the last thing we want to see is another, like what we had this week. I don't know why it was so long. Cause we, we feels like we've had shows like that before and they haven't been as long as this. I don't know if yeah. there's, well, they had the announcement of the, um, the show started late. I know when I turned on the pay-per-view, they were still doing the prelims. Yeah. Um, yeah and then they, they had the announcement of the hall of fame. Oh, we should have mentioned that. Actually. Yeah. Well, that can be next. The the Hall of Fame fight, uh, Hesop Choi, Duho Choi, right? Duho Choi, Duho Choi, Duho Choi, and Cubs Swanson. Hesop Choi is a this baseball fight? player. <laughs> oh right, right, okay, uh, and uh, yeah, baseball in the brain these days. Um, and Cubs Swanson, so that was on the undercard of the uh, of a Holloway fight in Toronto, right? The main card, um, of, the main card of UFC two hundred six. It was a uh, Holloway Aldo. Yeah, yeah, uh, Holloway Pettis. Yeah. Holly Pettis, Pettis, but, Pettis. Oh, but, right, right, right. But that show that that was an absolutely memorable fight between Swanson and the Korean Superboy. It was voted fight of the year, fight of the year for that year, that year, not in the Observer Awards, but in everything, uh, everything else. They even the fight was so great that I remember, remember the this was when the UFC was still with Fox. How they they rushed to put that show put on, on on Christmas yeah. Day, like three weeks later, Christmas Eve, yeah. Christmas Day, one of the two, one of the two, and it got huge ratings. And it was ba- it was on the strength of that fight and also the. The Cerrone Matt Brown fight with that finish, but uh, yeah, but mainly because they, they wanted did, it. yeah, they mainly they because did like they wanted, four million viewers for yeah, that show, didn't yeah, they? mainly because Something they like wanted, yeah, yeah, mainly because they wanted to see they wanted people to see Cub Swanson and Duho Choi, and it was a classic fight, it was it was fantastic, and and uh, and I like the fact that they're doing doing it because. Cups want, you know, there's so many names that are going to go in in like the pioneer era in the modern era wing. And I think Cup Swanson's a guy who won't ever get in one of those, but I think he deserves to have a little bit of recognition for his career in a Hall of Fame kind of kind of way because they don't have a physical Hall of Fame. So it's not like, you know, you can get memorabilia in there like, you know, some some baseball player who's who who had a great year or great moments, but is not good enough for the Hall of Fame. At least like he sends you know 
baseball bats and stuff to the Hall of Fame, and there's a little bit of a recognition yeah. for their like. At least there's going to be a little bit of recognition for Cub Swanson because he's he's had a great career, and he kind of de- and he kind of deserves to have a little bit of recognition for that. And I'm glad this fight's. Getting but maybe played. that's how a guy. Maybe that's how a guy like Jim Miller gets in. I mean, maybe he gets in anyway. I think but, Jim Miller gets you know, in like anyway. One of his but, classic fights. But like yeah, this is like how one Clay, of his classic. This is like how Clay Guida and Diego Sanchez, Sanchez or you know, and Stefan Bonner, Bonner guys who. Yeah. Are, who aren't Hall of Fame yep. fame fighters, but they had they had a fight or a moment that, you know, should be at least recognized in it. Leonard Garcia and the Korean zombie. Yeah. You know, at some point should should go in actually. That one really should. I don't know why it's not already. That uh, that fight should be in the Hall of Fame. Because, that was a big fight. That was an important fight. Yeah, it's just because they've only they put UFC fights in it, not a WEC fight. Oh, so. okay. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, that makes. Yeah, that explains it. But I mean, it was kind of a UFC. I mean, it was in the UFC time slot, and yeah, it was. Uh, that was a weird <laughs> one. But I, to me, that's a Hall of Fame fight. But I mean, even the you know they could even put Pettis. I mean, if they if they open up for WC, they could put Pettis. Um, uh, show like the Showtime kick fight in there too. Pettis Henderson uh, from WEC. That, that's a Hall of Fame fight. But um, okay, and then uh, we've got touring. Um, there's there's talk of. Boston, New York, Dallas, Austin, Salt Lake City, Seattle, Toronto, even back to the UK. Uh, they look like they're getting ready to go back on the road and maybe as soon as June, but definitely July. Yeah. I mean, I don't know that it's going to be like 100% like no apex. I I honestly feel like there's probably going to be a handful of shows at the apex per year, every year going forward. I kind of hope not, but they yeah. kind of just see, they kind of just seem determined to make that a thing. Kind of like back in the day. You know what's I, funny? Kind of back in the I, I day. I got to say this. Like, back in the day, how the fight I nights gotta, were. Real quick, let me I'll go ahead and finish this. Yeah, quick. yeah, go ahead. Kind of like back in the day of of early days of the fight nights where they were at like the Hard Rock or the or the Red Rock or the Palms there in Vegas. So, but anyway. So when I was doing, I think it was the, um, the year in review uh, in 2020. So this is like right in the middle of the pandemic with Josh Nason on the Wrestling Observer site. And him and I talked and, and I said, I think the UFC is going to keep running shows out of the apex. And, and you messaged me after and said, no way, they're not going to do that. That's stupid. And you're right. <laughs> I mean, it is stupid, but they're doing it. <laughs> Um, for me, it just felt like they were going to do it. Like, I don't, you know, just, you know, I guess they're saving money. Like, I don't know. I, I still think, I still think they make more money on the road. Like, but I mean, with all these tickets they're selling, I guess eventually they're not going to be selling out every single show like they are now, but, um, they do make more money on the road. It just seems like now that they've had all these shows in the apex, it feels like they're deterrent. They're determined to want to have some shows in the in the apex okay. every year, yeah. which which I personally feel like is wrong, because I yeah. mean it's you're right, not, it's not a fun environment. I don't think they're going to sell a whole lot of tickets because because even like all those shows that they had at you know the joint or the pearl at the palms and all that, at least those were like on the strip or you know strip adjacent. The apex is a chore to get to get to i mean you're having to take cabs ubers or drive you know you can't it's not like it's not like you can just walk from you know walk from you know like even at you know lately they they had done shows at the cosmopolitan and you could even do shows at the park mg park mgm at the park theater park theater but the thing about those shows and even doing shows at the t-mobile t-mobile you could stay at any place on the strip and just walk to it 
this one you're having to make trout you know make you know make you know get, that cosmo get that, that cosmo venue that they used yeah. used to run invicta in and they did a few ufc shows or at least one that was a perfect venue for a small show and now it's, and they could probably charge super high ticket prices and yeah, and they could probably and charge the same prices that they're going to charge at the Apex, but you'll get more traffic because because people can walk. They don't yeah. have to they don't have to get a cab or get an Uber or rent a vehicle to go to drive out there. It's on the strip, and they you can, can duck out and go play blackjack for half an hour during yeah. the uh, Raquel Pennington fight. Yeah, and uh, you know, <laughs> yeah, the Cosmo would be a perfect venue, especially now that MGM owns the Cosmo and they have, you know, yeah. the working relationship with the MGM. Ooh, I didn't know that. Well, yeah, I, I mean, that. they have it. They and have I'm agreements. Gonna... That's why all their shows are at MGM properties. So. I, no, I didn't know they bought the Cosmo. I, yeah, uh, he, I'm going to be there and, uh, yeah, I'm be there. And, uh, yeah. it was one month? of those like lease back things that's been going on in Vegas for a bunch of these okay. high level casinos but uh yeah they, tropicana got bought out by bellagio i think or something well bellagio is um, gm but tropicana got brought out by oh i forget who i don't know if it was uh might have been bally's or something like that bally's you're right yeah, yeah that's caesar's what it was. caesar's yeah caesar's yeah. but uh, so they're all yeah everything's getting bought up yeah. uh okay so anything else in the news you want to get into uh, oh the uk stuff yeah oh uh, uh, but anyway back on the traveling back on the traveling thing because we got in a rant okay. on, on 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 it but uh yeah, they brought up Dana. Dana specifically mentioned, uh, yeah, Boston, New York, Dallas, Austin, Salt Lake City, Seattle, Toronto. Uh, I had heard about Austin doing a doing a fight night show in June there. That's I mean, it's not official. It's just okay. rumors. There's a there's a new arena that they built on the campus of uh, University of Texas that's opening like like within the next two weeks. So they're going to, they're want to do a show at that one. Dallas, we already is already on the books for UFC 277. We've talked about that. It's, uh, it's everything but announced that's, that's happening. Boston, Dana's been talking about Boston, Boston since, you know, since they started talking about doing show shows arena. It's just, it's not a matter of if, but when, uh, New York, obviously, New York, New York, obviously, November, MSG, right? obviously MSG, Salt Lake City is an interesting one because uh, they won't they've only done one event there. But uh, yeah, I mean, and then Seattle they haven't been to in a while. In a while in uh, Toronto they're talking about more so in the fall. But I could see them going to Canada quite a few quite a few times. Uh, uh, Australia is is a no go right now because Dana Dana said uh, Australia Australia is still so up in the air that they don't. They don't want the risk of running the show there and it being shut down. It uh, looks like Mexico is still a no-go right now. I uh, don't know about Brazil. I mean, if they could, honestly, if they could do, if they can be able to run shows in Canada and Brazil and Mexico, they have enough places overseas to where they can honestly go back touring full-time, even without having to worry about Australia or New Zealand. Because there's, uh, I yeah. think anywhere, and, and there's Europe. Yeah, yeah, I think anywhere, you know, in that, and uh, you know, we talked about it too. Like it's kind of talked about last week about the UK looking, looking like they're going back to the UK possibly in July. But you know, they got they got all those European countries. Countries are open for open for business. I mean, cool. They can't they can't go any they can't go to Australia right now. But where they can go, and they talked about it, is France. That's a complete new market. So just. Just yep. you know, replace replace oh, Australia, New Zealand for right now with you know France and these other places. You can't go. You can go back. There's enough 
countries and cities and every state is dropped regulations in the U.S. and everywhere in Canada is dropped regulations. I mean, I mean, there's enough places to where there's no, it's now there's no excuse to not going back full time touring. Put Cyril gone in the headline fight in France, and yeah, you you got a five million dollar gate right yeah. there. Um, you know, even Francis Ngannou probably do good numbers there. Um, uh, all right. So yeah, that's, uh, that, yeah, that pretty much covers all the touring. Um, was there any other news before, uh, we wrap this, uh, uh sucker up? No. And really there wasn't no? any, any real fight announcements to go over this week. Yeah. I'm looking at them. I mean, I, you know what we, we can, we'll have fun with Andre Arlovsky and Jake Collier. Um, that's, that might be the biggest one. Oh, Kyle Daukas in, and Roman Delidze. I feel like that fight was already made, but Andre Olofsky is, that's just in a couple weeks. So, uh, him and Jake Collier. Yeah. Um, yeah. Collier was supposed to fight Justin Taffa, but Taffa pulled out and Arlovsky's taking a fight on short notice. So, yeah, that's, uh, that, you know what? Like if, if Jake Collier gets a win there, I mean, that's a, that's a really cool story. I'm sorry. So we might end up talking about that one uh, a little bit uh, when that happens. And even, you know, uh, no matter who wins, I think it's a good story because Arlovsky is just his career renaissance is something else. And and I say it every every week or every time he fights. But um, I think he's better now than he was in his prime. Yeah. Um, you know, he's you a better that, fighter. It's just that everyone else is so much better. You say it every time he fights because he, and it feels like you're saying it often because lately he's been feels like he's been fighting every two or three months. So. And yeah, you know, this is like Don, Donald Cerrone back in the yeah, day. Yeah, he's he's um, you know he you know he's fighting all the time at age forty three. I guess he's trying to, you know, I guess he knows his time's coming up, coming up, and he wants to you know cash out. <laughs> did we did we ever get that? Uh, and we probably did, but the Arlovsky uh, Olenek fight. No, I don't know that it would happen because they're they're technically teammates teammates at American top team, but that would be just, I mean, if, I mean, Olenek just fought, Arlovsky fights in a couple of weeks. Yeah. If Arlovsky wins, maybe, maybe we might get it. Who knows? That would be, that could be their retirement fight. Yeah. You know, the two of them a against each other. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, that'd be cool. Uh, okay. So I guess that's just come out to do it. And, uh, you know, what? we're, it's, it's amazing how this happens every time, you know, I, I, I take a look at the clock every once in a while and, and we always seem to wrap it up right around the 90 minute mark. So that, that's a good, that's a good time to, to wrap it up. So, um, Ryan will have, you'll have your, um, your observer coverage of UFC 273, uh, this week in the observer. I look forward to reading that, uh, every week, your UFC coverage, it's always top notch. And, uh, you can check out your, the Monday morning roundup column. I just retweeted that before we started recording. Um, and then, uh, obviously you'll have your preview of this uh, huge card do, do you you just do the ufc right you're not going to preview the bellator no i'm just going to do the ufc and i'm i'll be honest i'm so far behind on every on everything it's going to be a tight window this week for me for me so the preview might be a little a little like a little like this card a little lackluster i'll put it to you that way <laughs> Fair enough. I uh, I actually the last two weeks. I mean, I was traveling uh, two weeks ago, and then last week I was kind of recovering from traveling, so I didn't get my ratings columns up. So I got to make sure and do that this week because uh, actually, you know, it's kind of an interesting week in ratings uh, for wrestling. So I'll have that up on uh, Thursday night, Friday morning, um, and then of course you can uh, check out Ryan's coverage uh, of the uh, UFC show on WrestlingObserver.com and Twitter. Um, you know, follow both of us. We'll have our thoughts and uh, you can interact with Ryan just be respectful 
And uh, and then we'll be back next week, uh, hey, recapping oh, all the stuff on that happened on the this, this coming weekend and looking so ahead to the next week, the that, two big Bellator me. shows. Yeah, it's getting better. Uh, at least I won't get harassed about. It's more harassed as just like of of my picture coming up. If my name and my tweet comes up, I don't think yeah. it's quite as bad. But they ch- did you notice they they changed it? Eh? Yeah, I don't yeah, think they're showing what, the pictures anymore. They aren't showing the pictures. That's yeah. what I was, that's what I was talking about. Kind of yeah. kind of broke up for for me. Yeah, but yeah, <laughs> they changed the. You never mentioned that. Graphics. I- yeah, I was going to mention that, and I just completely slipped my mind. But I kind of like them. I normally don't like change, but I kind of dug the the new graphics and uh, you know all around. The really heavy emphasis on the betting stuff, if yeah. you notice. Yeah, um, it's funny that you said you normally don't like change. I know you. You hate change. <laughs> yeah, and I like this change. I, I really did. Like, I love the little tidbits that they would throw in there. Yeah. Like, oh, so and so is three and one as a favorite in UFC. Uh, you know, this is the first time so and so has been an underdog, and all this stuff. It was really cool. I love that stuff. So, uh, keep it up. Hopefully, they hopefully they keep doing it. Uh, so for Ryan, I've been Paul, and Ryan, take us home like you always do. All right. Hope everybody enjoyed the show. Uh, have a great week and enjoy the fights this weekend. later everybody in your crew identifies as either big mac burger mcnuggets or mccrispy sandwich but you're the filet fish sandwich all day that crispy fish that savory tartar sauce that melty cheese that pillowy bun yeah you get it every time and if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.